0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Authentic Ummah Podcast. And in this podcast, as you can tell by the title, we'll be talking about what this podcast fights for and what this podcast fights against. Alright, without further ado, let's get straight in and look. let's start by looking at what I fight for. Okay, what this whole podcast is about and what am I fighting for? Okay, what am I like supporting? All right, in this in this podcast. So the first thing which I'm supporting in this podcast is having constructive discussions when there is a difference of opinion. Okay, um, in Islam, you know there are some there are lots of things uh, which uh, are um, well agreed upon by all the scholars. Okay, um, because the Quran and the Sunnah make things very explicit. Okay, I'd say about 90 to 99, right? I'd say maybe 95%. 95% of all things in Islam, they have got backed up. They are backed up, okay? And it's maybe the 5% which have got a difference of opinion amongst the scholars. Actually, it's probably more like 2 or 3%, okay? So we'll say that 97% of the stuff on Islam is already explicitly clear by the quran and the sunnah but around two or three percent right is something where there's a bit of difference of opinion between the scholars and even in that two to three percent you can if you still analyze correctly and if you dig through you can still find that that two three percent right it's actually also in the sunnah and you can identify it because um as you know, that it it was a religion where, um, wherein the final messenger, Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, was sent one thousand four hundred years ago, right around approximately one thousand four hundred years ago, and so because he was sent that far long ago, right, the 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 transmission, right, how we today know that information, right, it's by um the chain of narrations right because this happened a very long time ago and in order for the sunnah to be preserved it means that you know there is going to be a lot of difference of opinion but taking into account that it's only two or three percent that's actually something really really um to to ponder over and it just uh, reassures you that uh, you know islam is the true religion in that um, it was the religion of Almighty God, right? And Almighty God, he preserves a religion because it is the last and final religion to be followed. So, just expanding a bit more on this, um, you know, throughout the passage of time, right? Throughout the passage um, of, of mankind, right? When they were living on this earth, right? From the beginning, the only thing which was there was Islam, Okay, the only religion was Islam. And Islam basically just means um, peace acquired by submitting your will to Almighty God. Okay, because the word Islam comes from the root word salam, which means peace, and also from the word silm, which means to submit. Okay, so you put them together, and in short, Islam means. Peace acquired by submitting your will to Almighty God. And if you notice, a lot of people actually don't know what that means. Okay, and that's kind of the point of of this podcast is to kind of uh, let people know that the message of Islam is so powerful. Okay, and it starts on these basic roots of belief. Okay, Um, so coming back to time, right? So at the beginning of time, there is Islam. And Islam means... You submitting your will to Almighty God, right? Peace, you getting that peace by submitting your will to Almighty God, right? So the only religion that was ever established on earth, right? That was ever established for mankind was the religion of Islam, okay? And that is peace acquired by submitting your will to Almighty God, okay? And so as time went on, Almighty God had sent new messengers to deliver new messages, okay because almighty god does not want to punish people without sending them a warner okay without sending them some messenger without sending them information that hey this is what is right and this is what is wrong because after all as allah says in surah Muk, chapter number 67 verse number 2 allah has created death and life to test which of you is good in deeds, right? So Allah has created life as a test, okay? And throughout the passage of time, right, in order for you to know what is right and what is wrong, right? Like for example, if you lived back in the day, you would need to follow a messenger, okay? And a messenger is basically someone who comes to you, tells you what's right and what's wrong, right? You should follow him, right? Because he is someone sent by God, Okay, and because God is the final judge in the end, right? Um, you need to start to follow what this messenger is saying. Okay, so likewise, in for Islam, the last and final messenger, the last and final person to come and deliver the message to human being, was Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Right? Is Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, and he is meant to be followed in totality until the end of time. And because it is the last and final messenger, his message, right, his whole um, religion, it's something which cannot change, okay? You cannot add stuff to it, you cannot subtract things from it, okay? It's the last and final religion and because of that, Almighty God has preserved the religion and he's made it such that for example looking at the quran right it's the word of god and it's never been changed that's agreed on by not only muslims but also non-muslims alike and they all agree that the quran is the is the sacred book which has never been altered or changed right ever since its revelation because as we know looking at history of the prophet he had checked through each and every um, in his final Ramadan, he had checked through the Quran, right? He had gone through the full Quran twice in his final uh, Ramadan, um, right? Um, and so that further goes on to show that, um, you know, it was checked up by the Prophet and was ensured that what we the Quran we have today is the exact same Quran as that which was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, 1400 years ago, around 1400 years ago, right? So... Since it is a religion which is, you know, to be followed in totality, that's why you see that around 97% of things, right, 97-98% of things, they have got backed up references. Meaning you can go and check up with the Quran or check up with the authentic hadiths and you'll find the answer. That's where the answer is coming from. right? And I urge you guys that whenever you're receiving an answer about Islam, right, ensure it's backed up, okay. Uh, Ask for a reference, okay? If someone is telling you such and such is part of the Sunnah or such and such is not part of the Sunnah, you ask for the references, okay? And it's easy because they only have the reference of going to the Quran. Or now the second thing you can go to is the authentic Hadith, right? There's nothing else besides that. Okay, the only time when you go past that, past those two steps, is when there is difference of opinion. And when there is difference of opinion, that only happens in like two or three percent of matters, right? I'd say around two or three percent of matters. Right? Then you'd go to the um, the works of the scholars. Okay, because as we know, the three best generations are the Prophet and his companions. Peace be, uh, may Allah be pleased with them. May Allah be pleased with all the companions. Then it's the followers of the companions, also known as the Tabi'een. Okay, I don't know if you guys have heard that word, but you probably have. Um, the, the Arabic word, the followers of the companions are known as Tabi'een. Okay, and the third best generation is the followers of the followers of the companions. That is known in Arabic as the Tabi'at-Tabi'in. Okay, so we've got the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions. Then we've got the followers of those companions, the Tabi'in, and the followers of the followers of the companions, which is the Tabi'at-Tabi'in. Right, so... Um, that's when we kind of, when there is an issue of dispute, right, or there's a difference of opinion, we always refer back to the Quran and the Sunnah, right, that's the authentic Hadith, the Quran and the authentic Hadith, and if we don't find an answer there, then we take the answer from works of scholars, provided that those works of scholars are referring to the time of the companions and the companions, and the people who followed the companions, and the people who followed the followers of the companions. Okay. So you gotta ensure that there's because that's the sunnah. Okay. That's the religion. That was the best generation. And in order for us to follow it, we need to refer to it and we need to have knowledge of it, right? And so um yeah, so that's kind of um what one of the things which we fight for on this podcast is that whenever there's a difference of opinion, we're only following, right, that which um, we're having a discussion and we're only following that which is referred to in the authentic text, the Quran and the authentic Hadith and any any works from the tabi'in on the tabi tabi'in, okay, and the companions, okay, that's where we get our religion, our, religions, our sources from, okay, our information on religion, we get it from that, okay, the second thing which we fight for on this podcast is... Um, that we are scientific people, okay, we are people, meaning, uh, you know, Muslims, right, Uh, you know, at the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, um, no, no, in fact, after the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, there was a certain age, which um, we get taught a lot in school, and especially if you go to a European school, okay, a British school, or, um, you know, a school which is kind of Uh, ...from the Western culture, right? And we get taught that there was this age which people went through known as the Dark Ages, okay? Um, Some of you may have learned it, some of you may not have learned it... ...but either way, basically it's an age of time in the history of mankind... ...where the ages were not the best ages, meaning those ages were not as flourishing, okay? And that age was known as the Dark Ages... And they, whenever you learn about the Dark Ages, it's as though it was dark for everybody, okay? It was. It's as though it was dark for people all, in all parts of the world. But little do we know and little do they tell us that it was only dark for the Europeans, for the Westerners, for the British, okay? Because at that same Dark Age was the period when the Arabs did the most advancements in the field of science, okay? Really, it's mind-blowing, mind okay? You don't get taught this, because this is um, something which is kind of hidden, right? And I, I don't know why, it's in, like, the schools don't talk about it, but it was an age when the Arabs had done the most amount of advancements, for example, in the field of astrology, or in the field of medicine, okay, in the field of... Uh, you know, so many scientific topics, a lot of progression was made by the Arabs, okay? And this this fact is not only by the Muslims, but also the, the non-Muslims and the Westerners themselves, they agreed to it as well, that the Arabs did make huge advancements, okay? Mass advancements in the fields of science, okay? So... Um, one of the things which uh, uh, to take note is that the reason why they had these mass advancements was because they were really close to the Quran and the authentic teachings of the Prophet peace be upon him but if we look at today like if you look at the Muslim people today they're actually not the brightest okay They're, they're not the most clever okay and you part of the reason you could blame is that they're far away from the Quran and the Sunnah Right. Because if you analyze the time when the Arabs were like on top of the world. Right. It was a time when they were close to the Quran and Sunnah. Right. And so you can you can make that uh, a statement that perhaps that these guys today. Right. We today we're not close to the Quran and the Sunnah. Right. Um, and so this is this podcast is just to reiterate that you need to become somebody who's close to the Quran and Sunnah and when you do that you start to become more scientific right meaning um, you start to look at the facts of the world today and you start to analyze them and you start to ponder over them and you start to think of them right and then you know in some cases you might start doing research on it right so for example in the Quran it's mentioned that the earth is shaped like an egg okay and when it says it's shaped like an egg, it more specifically refers to the egg of an ostrich, okay? And if you analyze the shape of an egg of an ostrich, you'll come to find out that, in fact, the earth truly does match up with the shape of an egg of an ostrich. If you look at a regular egg, for example, an egg of a chicken, right, it does not look as similar to the earth as does the egg of an ostrich. So like therein is something really scientific, like how does somebody know, right? And people claim that the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him had written the Quran, which is impossible. It is impossible for that to happen, right? But some say that he wrote the Quran. And so from this, you can say that how can somebody 1400 years ago make a statement that the earth is shaped like an ostrich's egg, Okay, and if you analyze the shape of an ostrich, it's bulgy on the sides and it's flattened on the poles, right? It's like um, a ball which has been squished, okay, If uh, if that makes it easier to understand, right? So, how could a guy know that that exact description, right, the egg of an ostrich is the exact same style as the earth right the exact same shape as the earth right so that therein is just one scientific point and the quran mentions several scientific points right so anyway that's another point which we fight for now the third thing which we fight for on this podcast is that we only follow what is authentic okay and i don't know why you would do otherwise okay you need you need to understand that it starts with the quran and the prophet peace be upon him and because the prophet is only one man okay he was a man who came he delivered glad tidings to those who believe and he also warned people against sin right and so you have to only follow what is what was revealed to him that is the quran and whatever this one man had said Okay, you have to take note, it's just one man, right? Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he's just one man who has delivered the message and he was sent for everybody on humanity, everybody on the earth. He is meant to follow the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay, it's just one man, but the effect of this one man is something which history will not repeat because he is the final messenger, meaning that there's no messenger gonna come after him, okay? Okay every anyone who says he is a prophet or he is a messenger today he needs a psychiatrist okay he's lost his mind okay because allah says that the messenger is sent for the whole of humanity and he is the seal of the prophets okay and he is the last and final messenger so nobody else is going to come after him okay and it's just one man guys you need to understand that it's just one man you're meant to follow okay nobody else Okay, whenever it comes to anybody else, if he is referring you to what the Prophet did, then no problem, you can follow him. But if he's not giving you any references, okay, if he's not giving you any information, which is like, this is what the Prophet did, this is what the Prophet didn't do, then you need to leave that aside. Okay, you need to leave him aside because you're meant to only follow one man. Okay, and that's the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Okay, and that also only what is authentically proven from his sunnah, from his way. And sunnah just means the way, okay, the way of the prophet, how he did things. Okay, so you're only meant to follow things which are authentic and that's part of the The logo, right? And the saying, it's the authentic Ummah, meaning we're only following that which is authentically proven in reports, either in the Quran or in the authentic Hadith. And we talked in a previous episode about the different Hadith books, right? Generally, there are around six hadith books, right? Six main books. There are other hadith books, but these are generally the six main books. So, we've got Sahih al-Bukhari, right? Sahih Muslim, Ibn Majah, Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, and Nasa'i, right? Those are like the six main hadith books of Islam. And the most authentic is Sahih al-Bukhari, right? It contains around 7,500 hadiths, okay? And it's proven... Right? It's unanimously agreed that each and every hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari is authentic. Okay? So you have 7,000 sayings of the Prophet, 7,000 methods of the Prophet, right? 7,000 actions of the Prophet, all of which are authentic okay? and these are in Sahih al-Bukhari. So you don't have a reason to go elsewhere. Okay, you don't need to go elsewhere, you don't need to go to a different book which you don't know. Okay, the first question to ask is, is this mentioned in the Quran? If it's not, then you move on to Sayyid al-Bukhari or the Sunnah, right? These are the Hadith books, but Sayyid al-Bukhari is considered um, after the Quran being the most authentic book. Okay, guys, it's it's a very powerful book. And Sahih Bukhari is just the compilation of hadiths collected by Imam Bukhari. So, you could argue that, um, you know, Imam Bukhari has done a huge service to the ummah, right? In that um, delivering the, the sunnah to the people, right? So, um, you know, that's one of the things that you should, um, you know, you should thank him more, if anything, right? Yeah. Um, and be grateful that, um, you know, he has uh, managed to collect all those hadiths, all of which are authentic. And, you know, Imam Bukhari, he was a guy who had good memory, okay? His memory, I mean, those 7,000 hadiths, right, back in the day, it w- he would have to store them in his memory, okay? Guys, that's how it was back in the day. That's how hadiths were transmitted. And that was how powerful and how, um, you know, how great these scholars were. Right? And when I say scholar, I in, I also include Imam Bukhari, because in a way he is a scholar, he collected hadiths for us, right? And so, um, coming to following only what is authentic, meaning you only take what's from the Quran and then you come to Sahih al-Bukhari or Sahih Muslim and the other hadith books which I've just mentioned, right? So, that's the next thing which we do on this podcast. That's something which we fight for, which is following only the Sunnah. And if anybody says something about Islam, we want to check it up. We want to ensure that what he's saying is truly in the Sunnah or it's it's not in the Sunnah. Okay. Um, the next thing uh, which we support um, on this podcast and what I fight for, right, is questioning why Islam is supposed to be the best religion. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, there's 2 billion, around 2 billion Muslims on the planet right now, right? And um, I am totally for questioning, okay? I am totally for going out and doing research on religion, okay? Going and finding out what does the religion say and also asking yourself, why is it considered the best religion, right, in the world? Okay, because every religion claims that they're the best religion. For example, um, Hinduism, right? If you ask um, someone who follows the religion of Hindu, Hinduism, he'll say that Hinduism is the best religion. If you ask someone who's a Christian, he'll say Christianity is the best religion right if you ask a muslim what is the best religion he'll say islam is the best religion so but they won't really go into details to back that up to back up their claim right and i on this podcast i'm totally for you going and checking up which is the best religion okay and by doing that you come to find that the best religion is islam because not only does it give you um uh not only does it tell you things which are right and wrong, right? But it gives you the ability to make that situation occur, okay? So for example, um, when it comes to robbing, okay, stealing and robbing, robbing, every religion would say that robbing is bad, right? It's not good. You cannot rob. You shouldn't rob, right? But the thing is, very few religions will actually teach you how to get into a state wherein robbing will not happen okay i want to repeat that hardly any religion ever teaches you how to achieve a state in which there will be no robbing unlike islam because islam not only teaches you that robbing is bad but it also teaches you how to put yourself into a state right put the community into a state wherein robbing will not occur Okay, so for example, in Islam, every rich person is meant to give two point five percent of his excess saving in charity. Anybody who has got um, savings of more than eighty-five grams of gold, right, or five hundred and ninety-five grams of silver, then he has to give two point five percent of it away in charity okay these are the teachings of islam right then basically the nisab level provided that your savings are above a level okay and the level in islam right then it's known as the nisab level that's kind of the the boundary okay if your savings are above this boundary right um, 85 grams of gold or 595 grams of silver, okay, if you've got savings of more than that, then 2.5% of it should go in charity to the less fortunate, to the poor people, okay. And there is a whole list of people who should take the zakat, but we'll not go into in details in this podcast, maybe in another episode, right. But every rich person who's got that saving, he has to go and give away that money in charity, okay. And then after that, if anybody robs, right, if anybody steals property, which does not belong to them, then the Islamic ruling says that cut off his or her hand as a punishment from Almighty God. Okay, Allah mentions this in the Quran. Okay, Uh, he says that, you know, whenever someone's caught stealing, you have to cut off his or her hand. Okay, as a punishment from Allah. And not only does it say that, but it says you should do it in a public place. Okay, meaning it should be something which everybody in the community should know about, that robbing is not the right way to do things. Okay, so Islam says first, anybody who's got, like like for example, if every rich man in the world gives away uh, 2.5% of the excess wealth he or she has, which is above the 85 grams of gold or 595 grams of silver, then he should or she should give it in charity, right? And after... In, in fact, if you analyze just that alone, right? If if all the rich people in the world do that, then not a single person will die of hunger in the world, okay? And you could say that after that, if anyone steals, right? If anyone, because, I mean, stealing, why does stealing occur, right? That's another topic which would um, you need to look into scientifically. But, you know, one of the reasons could be that um, because people don't have stuff to eat, so they want to take you know, by force from other people, right? But if you analyze that after everybody gives their zakat, after everyone gives in charity and not a man will die of hunger, right? And then someone steals, then the Islamic ruling says, you cut off the hands as a punishment from Allah. And you do it so that everybody around can also see it. You'd make it a public event, okay? So that's just one example of, how Islam is one of the best religions because it not only teaches you that robbing is bad or that something is good or something is bad but it also teaches you how to achieve a state in which that good thing will keep on happening or that bad thing will be stopped from happening, okay? That's basically what... um, Um, that point means is that you need to question why is it the best religion okay why then at the same time you can go into christianity and ask why is christianity the best okay and if you analyze actually a lot of the other religions they don't follow much of what they what's written in their scriptures okay because um a lot of the things is for money making unfortunately okay um and so Um, because of that, they've strayed away from the scriptures, right? They've gone far away from what their scriptures have said, okay? In Hinduism, Christianity, um, you know, Buddhism and others. But um, for more details on that topic, I suggest you watch um, somebody named Dr. Zakir Naik, okay? He's on YouTube, he's got lots of lecturers, he discusses about Islam, Christianity, Hinduism, he's had debates with some of the best Um, uh, scholars of each different religion of each non-muslim religion for example the scholars of christianity the scholars of hinduism right he's had debates with them he's put um uh, you know, questions forward, right? He, and he is the guy who has studied these religions, okay? If you guys want a shortcut to this, just go and and look and watch a guy who has studied these religions already. Like, looking at Dr. Zakir Naik, he really influenced me a lot in that he, um, you know, made me realize that, Wow, Islam is quite a good religion. It's it's the best religion. Like, why don't they teach me this? Uh, why didn't my parents teach me this? Or so why didn't the madrasa over here teach me this? Right. So, shortcut your success. Go and uh, go and listen to his lectures. Go and find out what he said. And if you really watch him with an open mind, uh, you will come to understand the beauty of Islam. Okay. Um, this podcast has gone on for quite a while, and we've only gone through the things which I fight for. Okay, I think the things which I fight against, I'll probably talk to you guys in another episode and uh, maybe the next episode. Um, So stay tuned for that. But uh, this is the end of this episode. And with that being said, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.